Thank you, Lord, for your for your presence. Thank you for what you're doing in in people's spirits right now, Lord. How you're strengthening. It's just a strengthening presence of the Lord in here. He's strengthening you with might by His Spirit in your inner man, making you strong from the inside out. Lord, we thank you for that. Renewing our focus, renewing our vision. Mm, We love you, Lord. We love you so much. Oh, thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for trusting us with the gospel. Thank you for that. Thank you for calling us to be your kids. Thank you for giving us your wisdom. Thank you for completing what you started in our lives. Lord, we thank you for that.
good thing that you have for us today, Lord. I just thank you for a word in this season into your people's lives. I thank you their hearts are open to receive. I thank you that there's wisdom that's transferred, Lord. I thank you, Spirit of God, you are the teacher. As we behold the scriptures, we behold the Son of God. I thank you that we see Jesus. We've already we've already experienced Jesus in a place of worship, but I thank you that we experience Jesus in each other and in the scriptures and in the gifts that you've given. And Lord, we just thank you. Let everyone be edified and strengthened as we behold the Son of God. Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God for modern day worship, uh, but man, there's something special about the, the, the hymns, man. I mean, they just, they will never be replaced. That song is powerful, isn't it? It's awesome, man. Such a place of victory. You know, on the way over here, I uh, really had something laid in my heart, and so, and then it was even reverberating even stronger during worship, and so I just want to share that here real quickly. Uh, um, you know, when you, when you fail, when you fall, when you um, make a mistake, when you sin, um, you know, when you come short, when, when that happens in your life, it's... What you have to remember is God doesn't then become your enemy. He, he, he's not your enemy, okay? And so like when, when you have a failure, when you have a fall, you know, it's not like you, know, you and God are standing here together on the same team, right? And then you fail, and all of a sudden now God steps over on this team, and then God's now against you. You have to understand that's not what happens. But that's what the enemy wants to make you think is happening. Like, that's what he really wants you to do. You know, you fail, you fall, and then he wants you to think that now God himself is opposing you. God's not going to bless you. God's not going to be for you, right? Um, That is an absolute lie. When you fail, when you fall short, you know, and it may be a moral failure, it may be a faith failure, it may be doubt, fear, um, all the types of failures that can come against us, what you have to understand is God doesn't become your enemy at that point. God's actually still standing with you. He's still there for you. And it's, it's actually you and God together against the enemy, against the temptation, against the fall. He doesn't change teams when you fail. He's still with you and He's still for you. You know, when the prodigal son was in the pig pen, 
the whole time the Father was for him. The Father never stopped being for him. Now, when, when he turned to the Father, he found out that the Father was for him. But the Father was for him even when he didn't think the Father was for him. You all tracking me here? The Father is, it was for him the whole time. So when you fail, remember, God doesn't change teams. He's still on your team. Right? He's still standing with you, and He wants to help. It's you and Him together against the weakness in your flesh. It's you and Him together against the fear that's attacking your mind. It's you and Him together against the sin that tries to so easily beset you. God's still on your team. He's still on your side. And understanding the throne of grace is understanding that in your failure, God is still for you. Okay? Now, He never puts His seal of approval on sin. How I many know oh, God's not for sin? Any type of sin, God's not for Why? Because it kills people, man. It's evil. It destroys people's lives. Um, so he, He's never for it. You know, when the woman was caught in the act of adultery, he, he first said, I don't condemn you. Right? He gave her that gift of no condemnation in the midst of her disobedience without her doing one repentant thing. She didn't repent at all. She just got caught. God's so much better than Christians, isn't he? <laughs> she, she, he, forget, he, he gave her the gift of no condemnation before she did anything. And you have to understand that that gift of no condemnation has been presented to the whole world. God has forgiveness for everybody. I mean, like it's, a, it's what the good news is all about. That God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself not imputing their trespasses to them. God picked up the tab on the sin of all of mankind. And so they, are, they, are, they, don't, they don't believe in order to be forgiven. They don't repent in order to be forgiven. Okay, They believe in order to receive it. They repent because the repenting is changing your mind. They repent in order to receive it. They change the direction. They change your mind. Please understand that. It's a, it's, a, it's a no strings attached forgiveness. When that woman was laying there, he said, Neither do I condemn you. And that's God's heart towards you today. Neither do I condemn you. Right? But then he said, Go your way and sin no more. Why did he say, Go your way and sin no more? Because sin messes people up, it destroys people's lives. You're not created to run on sin. You know, if we take a gallon of milk and we pour it in our cars before we leave, our car's not going to run good. Because our car is not created to run on sin. Sin is evil. Sin destroys us. But, but a mistake and a failure doesn't cause God to change teams and join in unison with your accuser. He's still on your team. He's still on your side. And He's going to walk you through this. And His word towards you is, neither do I condemn you, but go your way and sin no more. Why does he say that? Because he doesn't want it to hurt you and he doesn't want it to harm you. And he also knows you weren't created to operate in it. It's not your nature. That's not who you are. You know, if we walk outside and we see a bunch of goldfish in trees, we're going to think that's strange because goldfish aren't designed to live in trees. Christians aren't designed to live in sin. It's even weirder than a goldfish in a tree for a Christian to live under the dominion of sin because it's just not what we were created to do. Now, the enemy's always trying to bring in the dominion of sin from your past, um, from anything he can do to bring in your... And why does he do that? Well, A, because when sin happens, it brings forth death. But it brings... You know, how many know there's consequences to our actions? 
I mean, the gospel does not change the fact that there's consequences to our actions, okay? But what it does mean is that you, you don't, God's not going to kick you out of the family. God's going to walk with you. Like this dog I'm currently dealing with, right? Like I really feel like God's teaching me with this dog, and I hate it with a passion because I don't want to be taught like this, okay? I don't. I want to get rid of the dog so bad. So bad I want to get rid of this dog. Like, just, I mean, the other day he was, he, was trying to, he was trying to break through the fence in that same spot. He's out there for three minutes. He's like a convict, dude. Like, put him on a timer, watch him in the yard, slips away from you for 30 seconds, and he's already trying to break through. Like, he picked up a massive big stone and removed it. I don't even know how he did it. I'm like, how did you even do that? And then start to try to dig in the same spot that he just dug in before, right? I don't want this dog, okay, at all. But I feel like God's teaching me because God won't let me get rid of this dog because God doesn't give up on people. Can I get an amen? And God doesn't want me to give up on this dog. He doesn't. And I feel like I'm being taught, <laughs> praise God. Because, you know, because Stacy looked at me the other day and she was like, honey, just get rid of the dog. Just, it's okay. Just get rid of the dog, you know. And because uh, I mean, we, we're at our wits end. Like, you know, we have we have a newborn, we have a toddler, we have a teenager, and none of them are even remotely as stressful as the dog. Because you got to constantly know where the dog's at. Where's the dog at? What's he doing? Where's he at? You know? Anyway. And she's like, just, but see, but like, if I get, if I, I can't give up on the dog. I got to stick with the dog. Amen. Because God's teaching me something about the dog and about people and about challenges in life. How many know that no matter how many times you break through the fence, God's not going to get rid of you and kick you out of the family? Oh, what a painful analogy. (laughs) It's so painful because it hits home, but it's true. No matter how many times, no matter how many times, no matter how many times, how many of you are still in the family? And God's still for you. And, and, and this dog is going to change because I'm not going to give up on this dog. Okay? He's going to change because God's teaching me. And uh, it's not just me. It's God's helping me with the dog. Amen? But the dog's going to change, and it's going to give glory to God, and it's going to teach me something about patience. Why am I always preaching to myself? Like, <laughs> y'all don't even need to hear this. This is me talking to me right now. It's your mind. You have your own service. <laughs> That's what's happening. Can you see it? <laughs> the Lord is speaking through me. To me! <laughs> happens all the time. Oh, Yeah, how beautiful, right? Hey, man, have a good attitude, Jeremiah. <laughs> it don't feel beautiful sometimes. It feels bad. <laughs> Long, there's a reason it's called Long-suffering patience. That's what we should rename the dog. I should find out what, what the word in the Greek for long-suffering patience is, which I think it's macrothumia. And that's what we're going to... His name is no longer blue. We're just going to call him Mac. <laughs> Give him a new name. Your name is long-suffering patience. <laughs> long-suffering. Amen. Praise God. He did. He did. He did. But I just don't want to name my dog long suffering. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. What, did you have something, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Hosea. Hosea. Married Haggai. Yeah. Who was a prostitute. Yeah. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I'm going to show you how I love my people. Yeah. Had her marry her. They were together. She ends up going, long story short, she ends up going back to her old ways. She did, but this time around, she completely desecrated herself. Her her abusers are over her, ready to stone her and kill her. Mm. And the Lord speaks to him and says, go get her. I'm going to show you how I love my people. Wow. And brings her and goes get her in her most defeated Mm-hmm. About to be done away with state. Yeah. And says, Go get her and redeem her. Mm-hmm. So the Lord, this is not new territory. Amen. The Lord is not, and, there, and, and, and yeah, it's a dog, but God sure. is teaching you. I mean, there are people out there that are making the same mistakes. Sure. Over over. I used to be one of those people. Yeah. yeah. And it's not just easy. Amen. Because Amen. It's a prophetic God lesson for us. Like, there's yeah. going to be. We've been that person, and there's going to be people we encounter that have made the same mistakes over and over and over again. Yeah. And, and, and God is teaching us there's no line to be drawn with my love. It's good. My love goes past boundaries, past lines, past the, the last chance of the last chance of the last chance of the last chance. Come on, man. My love endures forever, it never wanes. Never changes, yeah. and never relents. It's good, man. And that is so opposite to what the world is screaming right now. It's good. And God is raising up a peculiar people yeah. that will walk in the power and might of this kind of love. Yeah. That is going to shake the gates of hell it's good. and bring millions to Jesus. It's good. Rejection doesn't change people, it just solidifies their fallen state. Come on, it's good. That's right. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Come on. It's unlimited. It's unlimited. It's the riches of His grace. Once you're a son, you yeah. can never not be a son. Come on, it's right. It's Once good. you're adopted by that blood, you can never be unadopted. It's good. It's good. It's good. That's right. And we get to choose him, and we're practicing choosing him. It's good. There you go. And we need to realize that the enemy is very weak. Yeah, that's right. Very weak. Yeah. And more often than not, we become our own worst enemy. Oh, yeah. That's the key issue. We're the ones with the power, not him. Yeah, it's good. True story, man. We can choose what voice to listen to. Yeah, it's good. That's right. That's right. It's good. It's good work. God doesn't cancel sons and daughters. Come on! Yeah! She doesn't do it, man. She doesn't do it. And then and then and then and then that love changes us. It 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 allows a revelation of who we are to come forth. But rejection is never gonna change change anybody, you know. Did you have something, brother? Go ahead, man. What you got? Just say it, it's okay. We're not a victim of our own sin. Well said, man. It's good. It's a good word. It's, yeah, it's good. It's true, man. It's true. We, we have to, 
We have to recognize that the cross was more powerful than our failure. If our failure is greater than the cross, then none of no no one no human being will make it to heaven. You know, uh, the cross is more powerful than our failure. And what the enemy tries to do is he tries to. Um, this is what he's always trying to do, and this is kind of the picture that was coming to my mind when we were in worship. You know, how many know that the veil was torn in the temple, right? And that veil represents separation and it represents condemnation, right? The the veil in the Holy of Holies was you can't get through here, you're not worthy to come to the Holy of Holies, you're not cleansed, all these things. But when we turn to the Lord, that veil gets torn. But the enemy's always trying to put a fresh veil on. Because with this, when you have a veil of condemnation as a result of your mistakes, you can't see properly. You can't see God properly. You can't see yourself properly. And your perception of the world around you is darkened by a lie. And what the Gospel does is it's, it's, it's constantly keeping that veil torn so you can see. Because the, the reality of your righteousness is as eternal as the cross itself. But you're, you're, you staying awake to it is dependent upon you hearing the good news and allowing the light to shine and keeping that veil torn. Because the veil's, the enemy's always trying to put that veil up because when that veil's up, you, you, you think God's against you. Whether it's in the conscious part of your mind or the subconscious part of your mind, right? And then the way you see yourself is off. The way you see everything is off. And, and what ends up happening is when you're in that condemned state, how I many you know it's difficult for the kingdom of God to really express itself through you. Because one of the defining characteristics of the kingdom is authority. You have authority, man. And uh, you have greater authority. You have, <clears throat> you have authority that comes from another world. You know, you, you have authority that comes from the realm of the Spirit, from heaven itself, from the throne of Almighty God. The, the reason God's so powerful is He's always right. Like, that's the seat of his power. He's right. He can't lie. If God woke up tomorrow and said the grass was purple, how I many you know it's not a lie? The grass will become purple because whatever he says happens. Well, that rightness, that righteousness that God has himself has been placed inside of you, and he's asking you to express authority. So I need you to speak. I need you to say what I say. Don't see darkness and say darkness. See darkness and say light. Call those things which be not as though they are. I need you to speak because... Your mouth is the most powerful thing on the earth. And, and, but when that, when that, <laughs> the irony, um, when that veil is present, how many know that when you are in a state of feeling like God's against you and you're in a state of condemnation, how many know you're, you're less likely to express your authority? Because you don't feel like you have a right to. Right? And so the enemy can, can trick you into, not, into thinking that you don't have authority. You look at somebody else and think, well, they have authority. You know, oh, the pastor, he's got authority. Or, you know, Billy Graham, he's got authority. Or this person has authority. But I don't have authority. Well, see, when you're doing that, you're taking the blood of Jesus and you're weighing it in the balances of your own thoughts. The same blood that cleansed Billy Graham is the same blood that cleansed you. And Billy Graham's not more right with God than you are. There's not, it's just the facts. I mean, like you have the same authority 
that Almighty God gave that, that Almighty God has. I mean, understanding you speak in, you speak in line with His will. That's what you do. You don't you don't you don't create the will of God. You submit to the will of God. That's very important. That's the difference between New Age and the Kingdom. No, no. God says this is how it is. We agree with it, and there's power in it. But the enemy's always he's always trying to veil. He's always trying to veil your mouth. He's always trying to, to get you to doubt your authority. You ever had a teacher in school that didn't understand, who didn't know their authority? I ate those teachers for breakfast, man. I did. I did. If you didn't, I told you before, I had, I had two, two teachers, two classes in high school they wouldn't even allow me into because I made the teacher cry so many times. That's sad. That's who I was before Christ. But I had a chip on my shoulder towards authority because of my upbringing, and I always challenged authority. And if a teacher didn't know their authority, then how I many know if a, if a substitute teacher comes into a high school classroom and they don't know their authority, they're about to get owned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just are, you know. But then in the very my senior year, I had two classes I couldn't go in. I had one class. This gentleman, I've shared this, shared this all the time, but it's a perfect example of authority. Mr. Cash, older gentleman, <laughs> remember Mr. Cash? No, no, uh-uh, okay, no, good. I did not. <laughs> That's my point. That's my point. That's cool. You know who I'm talking about. No, no, you don't know. Check it out. This guy, his senior year, uh, may, may, may have been, um, but like, he wasn't a big man. He wasn't a, but this man knew who he was, and he knew his authority, and you know what? You respected him, and I didn't act out in his class. I actually learned some stuff in his class because I respected him. And because the man knew his authority. Now, he didn't have more or less authority than the other teachers. But he knew it. And because he knew it, everybody else knew it too. Right? And so, that's so cool that you, that, that you knew you know, Mr. Cash. That's cool. Um, but how many know as much authority as Mr. Cash has, and you guys don't know who he is, he's a great man. Um, but how many know as a child of God, you have more authority? Come on now, how I many you know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? You have a tremendous, you have authority that causes the enemy to fear and tremble. But he's trying to shroud and cloak your authority with condemnation to keep you from using your authority in the world. How I many you know right now the earth needs the sons and daughters of God to rise up in authority? Your authority is expressed in prayer, it's expressed in the words you speak. It's not. It, Lowering yourself and, and debating and fighting and arguing and all this stuff is a misuse of your authority. You know what I'm saying? Like you have this powerful God-given sonship. You have this powerful authority, and um, don't allow the enemy to veil your mouth. Don't allow him to veil. Amen. Keep that veil torn. It's not going to happen through your willpower. You got to keep hearing the word. You got to keep hearing the truth of the gospel. You know, how I many know I cleaned my windshield one time on my car does not mean bugs are never going to be on my windshield again. In fact, I'm guaranteed bugs in this life. You know what I'm saying? There will always be bugs on a windshield. And how I many know you got to keep cleaning the bugs off your windshield in order to have clear sight? You got to keep cleaning the condemnation off of your conscience in order to have clear sight. And see, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Ha it, the actual action itself is irrelevant. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Not irrelevant in the sense of its repercussion. How I many you know some mistakes have bigger repercussion than other mistakes? I mean, that's just facts. However, one person 
who's not confident in the blood, God loved them, and has a weak conscience, how many know they can make a little tiny mistake and have tremendous condemnation? And then another person who maybe has more confidence in the blood can make much larger mistakes and not deal with the same condemnation. And I hate to put it out there like that, but it's, it's the truth, though. And, and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to encourage you to make huge mistakes. I'm not trying to encourage you to do dumb stuff because dumb stuff gets dumb results. You know, we, I mean, we want to we want to honor this good news we, with our lives, amen. We want to we want to live a life that honors that's worthy of the gospel, amen. Seriously, like we do, like we want to we want to carry ourselves differently. We don't want sin to have dominion over our lives. We want to be different than the world. All of these things, but we don't do it in order to be loved or order to be forgiven. We do it because we are loved and we are forgiven, and and we have a a responsibility to demonstrate the Lord in the earth. Christians have such a bad name in the earth because they're so self-righteous and they're just jerks, you know? And so we, we've got to be different, man. We've got to be different. But, but, but so it's, it's not the issue of the action. It can be one tiny little action and this person can be experiencing tremendous condemnation. And this person over here, look at that and think, why, do you, why are you condemned over that? You didn't put your shopping cart back? In Kroger, you know, and you're walking in condemnation over that. But how many know the enemy can take something little like that and eat your lunch? And, and, and veil your face. And there you are, and you got all this powerful authority inside of you that all creation is groaning and travailing, needing. How many know God does everything in partnership with us? He does, man. I mean, that's, the, that's why He invites us to pray. That's why He, he wants us to... How I many know we have a role to play? And how does he do it? He does it out of your mouth. Your mouth. Your mouth gets things done. Your prayer, your, the words that you speak, it gets things done. God needs you to be in homo legio with Him, to be in agreement with Him, to be speaking the same thing as Him, because then tremendous things happen as that, as that happens. And, and so God, God needs, He partners with us. But man, if we're walking around with our head hung low, living in a state of condemnation and feeling unworthy, then that beautiful, powerful righteous authority that's on the inside of you is veiled. And um, it's, 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 it's disrespectful to the cross. You know, what if, what if the woman, when Jesus said, neither do I condemn you, go your way and sin no more, what if she stood up and said, you know what, I, I don't believe that I'm really forgiven? Yeah, what if she said that? Like, that'd be a real strange turn in the story. She said, I don't, I don't believe I'm forgiven. Bring the rocks. I need to be punished for my sin. Ladies and gentlemen, there's few things on earth more self-righteous than trying to punish yourself for your sin. You, you and I are not worthy to pick up the tab for sin. Your blood can't cover the cost. So, but so many Christians are living in a state of like, they're punishing themselves, man. Yeah, well, well said. Well said, for sure. There needs to be a line drawn there. No, for sure. Yeah. Well said, well said. Well said. Church is not a place of penance. 
You know, I mean, it's just not, man. You're, you're not punching your time card. You're, you're not, you know, it's not a place of, of penance. And in, in, in any, any degree of, of penance and trying to pay the penalty for your own sin is actually really insulting to the cross. But now individuals who are trapped in that, we don't want to condemn them by any stretch of the means because the enemy will try to, he'll try to condemn them. But, but what you have to do is you've got you to turn away from yourself and turn to the Lord. See, that woman didn't stand up and say, no, I'm not. She understood she was forgiven. She stood up and walked away and was empowered to sin no more because of the forgiveness that she had received from the Lord. And, um, but the challenge is we, we've had a mixed message from the pulpit. You know, am I forgiven? Am I not forgiven? People aren't really sure. And so then a, a lot of people's Christianity, like their actions are, are really a, a, in the form of penance. Like their giving is in the form of penance, their attendance is in the form of penance, their evangelism is in the form of penance, and everything that you do to try to appropriate what the cross already did is a dead work, and it's really insulting, and it's actually faithless. You can't do anything. You can't add to this, man. You just got to receive it. How many others? There's a humility in receiving. I mean, it really is, man. It's because if you a clear example of this would be Peter when Jesus trying to wash his feet. Peter's like, you are not going to wash my feet. Who's talking there? That's pride. That's pride talking. Yeah, for sure. And, 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 and Peter had to humble himself and allow the Lord to cleanse him. And, and, and I say the same thing to, to all of us. You have to humble yourself and allow the Lord to cleanse your conscience from penitentiary acts, dead works, any sense of condemnation, let, let Jesus wash your feet. He, see, He's already cleansed you with His blood, but how many of you there's a regular washing of the Word? Yeah, see, and we, we got to be washed regularly. we got to keep that veil off of us. Because see, when this veil's on, when this veil's on me, like when I'm dealing with condemnation, how I many know oh, you are less likely to be loving and kind to the people around you? You know why? Because you, you, really what's happening is you're, you're, you're really focused on you. And, and out of this place comes selfishness. Out of this place a lot of times will come indulgence. Like, I am miserable, so I'm just going to eat all the donuts. You know what I'm saying? Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch all the Netflix. Or I'm going to, you know, whatever. You know, just a place with not... Nothing against donuts or Netflix, they're great. Um, but I'm just saying, like, we can, in a place of condemnation, can enter into a season of entertainment in order to try to satiate that gnawing sense of unworthiness. You, you follow me? When the proper thing to do is to turn to the Lord and get the veil rent, get the veil t- taken off of you. How I many you know if, if you're in a state of condemnation? You know, you, you, the true you is not going to be visible. People, you, you, the carnal, the carnal, the flesh, the old person tries to arise, right? And, um, and we can't, the only way we can come out of that is through, is through hearing the gospel. And, you, and, 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 you, and here's the thing, it's not information. It's really important to understand, it's not information. If I were to give you a test, say, am I the righteous of God, true or false, you'd mark true. But how many know just because you know the answer on the test doesn't mean you're experiencing it in your life? What are you talking? And this is where humility comes in afresh and anew. Uh, how many know the memory of pizza can't feed you? 
Memory can't feed you. Well, you need, a, you need a fresh experience with neither do I condemn you. Go your way and sin no more. I don't care how, how awesome your walk with, you think your walk with God is, there's always going to be a place where you're missing it. Always. You will never have a perfect walk. If you think you have a perfect walk, then you're blinded by pride. Because whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So every time you get nervous, every time you have doubt, every time you, get, you have fear, that's sin. Are you tracking me? I'm, I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying that to understand you can't do this without Jesus. And I'm talking a regular dose of, of the gospel and the, and the I love you and that you're forgiven and you're the righteousness of God. That's the tree of life. You feed on Him and good fruit will flow out of your life. But if you try to run your, your race on one breath of grace, I'm going to run my race. i got one breath of grace. That's all I need because I'm so awesome. <laughs> I mean, are you going to pass out? But that's what legalists do. They think, oh, grace, it's just for baby Christians and for weak people, and I'm, I'm in a higher place of self-effort and self-will, and I'm, you know, and all this type of stuff. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. And I see people, they get into grace and they come alive, and then, and then, and then they, they get a breath, and then they take out again. And there they go, and they're going to run around the mountain again. And, I, and here they go. And then after they get their butt kicked, they're going to come back and get, get another breath. And then they take out again. And there they are. Wow, they're like, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. No, I'm too. I'm way too spiritual for this lowly grace stuff, you know. And they're like Naaman, man, refusing to dip in the Jordan to receive healing. They want to conquer a mountain. They want to, they want to do all these things. Um, it's the simplicity of Christ. Amen. It's the simplicity. It's so simple and so humbling that we are challenged sometimes to do it because our human ego gets in the way and we want something we can take credit for. And you just, you don't get credit for nothing, okay? It's okay though, because he'll, he'll, he'll bless you, amen? And he'll, I don't want the credit. I want what Jesus deserves. I don't want what Jeremiah deserves. I don't ever want what Jeremiah, I want what Jesus deserves. And that's what I want, you know? And because um, that's good, and what I deserve is not always great. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'll take what he deserves. And so what that means is, is anything, sometimes something good happens in your life, just give him credit for it. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. You know, like some of these pictures, you know, I'm putting on Facebook and stuff, and my three-year-old kissing my little daughter and all this stuff, you know, and people, oh, you're such a great father and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. That's Jesus Christ. That's grace. That's not me. You got to be quick to nip that in the bud. And I mean, you take the compliment, you're like, oh, thanks so much. Thank you so much. But that's the Lord. Because, I mean, you know, if I start to take credit for it, then I got to maintain it. And if I got to maintain it, uh, I don't have eternal life. I mean, I don't, I'm, I don't, I'm not, I just can't do it. God does it. Give Him the credit. Glorify Him. Because when He gets glorified, how I many you know everybody else gets edified? Because the reality is, everybody can receive from the Lord. I mean, oh, God's no respecter of persons. He doesn't play favorites. Amen? Amen. And so, and it makes it something that's, that's beautiful. We can never brag about the good things that happen in our lives. It's always the Lord that has done it. Amen? For every aspect of it, it'll keep you safe. Because the thing that frustrates grace is pride and you don't want nothing to do with it. Amen? 
Okay. Praise God. So, the, uh, let's turn to Psalm 45, please. Um, we want the authority of God flowing out of us. We want to be a part of the answer. We don't want to be a part of the problem. We, we, want, to, we want this kingdom demonstrated um, in, our li- in, in, in our lives and in the earth. And, you know, we, we, we've talked a lot here, and I'm just going to read you a couple of passages for sake of time because I do feel like we need to step into what I have for us this morning, but we'll just cut it short. Um, Zechariah 14.9, it says, The Lord shall be king over all the earth, and in that day it shall be, the Lord is one and His name is one. So how many know the Lord is, He's a king, and the kingdom is in the earth right now? Um, but how many know the, the, the kingdom is not... Let me, let, me, let me read you another passage. Luke 17 and verse 20. It says, Now when, he, when, he, when Jesus, when He was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, He answered Him and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here, see there. I mean, you, know, you can look and see the White House, or you can look and see um, you know, the, the different governments in the earth. You can look and see their seat of power, right? Look, see here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you, right? I mean, you know, the kingdom's inside of us now. And like I was sharing last week, the kingdom doesn't have boundaries. The kingdom doesn't have borders. I mean, you know, the kingdom of God is literally all over the earth, it's not like a country, you know, it's literally all over the earth. And what it's doing, it's like it's taking over. And um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a slow grassroots taking over. You know, I used to be a, a drug addict, alcoholic, atheist, anti-God, speaking against Christianity, trying to talk people out of their Christianity, and all of a sudden, now I'm in the kingdom. <laughs> like I was an enemy, and now I'm, here I am preaching the gospel. It's amazing, isn't it? Because the kingdom is it's taking over. And it's not, and it's taking over like one person at a time, you know? And so the kingdom is within us. Now, how many know the day and time will come when the kingdom actually is visible? You know, we'll be able to we'll be able to see the king, and we'll there'll be a seat of power and, and all the all the other uh, kingdoms of the earth and all the other governments and all that will be nothing, and then we will have a king, right? But right now, the kingdom's here, but it's in it's it's within us. And then we know that this kingdom operates out of righteousness, peace, and joy. We've been talking about that a little bit. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy. And so when the kingdom's in you, I mean, the the reason the kingdom is in you is because you were born again. You were born from above. Your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Your righteousness is not the product of your effort or your works. Your righteousness is a gift that's given to you divinely through the exchange of the cross. He that knew no sin became sin so you could become the righteousness of God in Him. And so now, as the righteousness of God, how I many of the kingdom wants to have expression out of you, but in order for that kingdom to continue to flow from you, you've got to keep this veil off of your face. Keep this veil off of your heart. Talk about condemnation. Condemnation is your, it's your primary enemy because the enemy, the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. His name is, doesn't mean tempter. His name doesn't mean destroyer. His name doesn't even mean thief or killer. His name literally means accuser in the Greek and in the Hebrew. That's it. Because if he can get you to receive and embrace an accusation, then, then you will be stolen from. You will experience death. 
you will uh, experience temptation. All of these things are the product, but his primary attack really is to accuse the blood that cleansed you. It ain't even about you. Because how I many know oh, the Lord, he, he identifies with you now? What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, when, when Saul on the road to Damascus was um, experienced the blinding light, he said, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? How I many know oh, the Lord identified with the Christians that were being persecuted? He didn't say why are you identify, he said, why, he didn't say why are you persecuting them? He said, why are you, why are you persecuting me? See, you do not ex- you don't exist outside of God anymore. Your de- your old person's dead. You're a new creation. Like you're a part of the body of Christ. You are now a part of the body. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. And so now, when an accusation comes against you as a result of your mistakes or your failure, it's not you that are on trial. It's the blood. Was the blood a success? And see, and that's your primary fight of faith. Your fight of faith is not for healing, not for finances, not for divine protection, not for relational restoration, not for ministry, all of these things. Don't put your faith on all that stuff. Put your faith on Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will follow you as you believe that you're the righteousness of God. I'm just telling you, it's the easier way to do it. See, in the past, what we did is we, we i got to put my faith on on this car, or I got to put my faith on this job, or I got to put my faith here. I'm believing you're believing six billion different things, and you're constantly trying to keep the fire going on all these things. I never see Paul believing God for a donkey. You know what I'm saying? I just don't. Now you can pray and ask God for stuff, and there's nothing wrong with that. God and God will grant it. God will grant it. Here lately, every night when Eli prays, you know what Eli asked God for? A bigger house. I like, I'm like, every night, I'm like, well, praise God. Amazing. Not asking for anything, just a bigger house. And we don't have some tiny little house, you know, but like, so praise God. <laughs> every night, he asks God for a bigger house. It's amazing. Um, he pray, we pray every night. He's learned that if he prays long, he stays up later. So he's become, <laughs> he's become an interceder. You know what I'm saying? Lord, I just want to thank you for the children in China and Africa and, you know, anyway, well. Praise God. T- toddlers will find any way they can to stay up later. You know what I'm saying? And he, and he knows he can just pray just as long as he wants to because we love the fact that he prays. So anyway, praise God. You can ask God for stuff, but put your faith in Jesus and the fact that you're, right, that you're the righteousness of God. Because when you seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, all, all the blessings are just a part of your inheritance. You know, it's, it's an inheritance thing. You're in the family, you know. And if, you, if you'll do that, then, then things will be attracted to you. Blessing will be attracted to you. But how, how many know condemnation attracts the wrong things to you? It really does, man. Because what condemnation does is it sets your heart in a place of heart attack because your heart is actually attacking you. How many know your heart can condemn you when God does not, according to 1 John chapter 4? God knows all things. God's not condemning you, but your heart can condemn you. If your heart is condemning you, you will not have faith towards God. You will have, what condemnation does, an expectation of punishment. And you'll expect punishment to come. And you know, that's, that's, that's what the curse is all about. An expectation of punishment, an expectation of judgment, an expectation of bad things. 
How I many know if your heart is attacking itself, you're, you're, not, you're not in a good place, right? Drawing things to you that you don't need. And the enemy, he'll do everything he can to try to make a case for why God doesn't love you and why you're not right with God. And you've got to cast all those garments off and you've got to just put your eyes on Jesus and you've got to honor Jesus and recognize that Jesus was enough and keep that veil torn off your heart and believe that you're right with God. Out of you believing that you're right with God, <clears throat> your authority will be expressed. You'll be surrounded with favor as a shield. I mean, how many blessings there are in Proverbs for the just? In the house of the righteous, there's much treasure. The habitation of the just is blessed. The root of the righteous shall not be moved. The tongue of the just is his choice silver. Every one of those are yours in Christ Jesus. You're not trying to become righteous. You're realizing that you are. If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've got to receive the gift. But once you've received the gift, it's game over and you have it. But, so, but righteousness, peace, and joy, right? The kingdom is going to be expressed in that way and we can't allow anything um, to convince us otherwise because what's truly on trial is the blood. The blood's on trial. And that's why I love to just say to Christians, do you think that Jesus did a good job on the cross? Because you know, that, that's such an insulting statement, kind of, that it snaps us out of our condemnation. Because when we're in a state of condemnation, we're actually saying, no, he didn't do a great job. And we would never say that, would we? So you kind of got to get angry at condemnation. You have to condemn the tongues of judgment that rise against you. You got to take a stand against it. You just can't tolerate it. You, just, you, you, have to be aggr you have to aggressively attack what's trying to accuse you and condemn you. You just do. Now, here's the thing. If you do dumb stuff, you need to... You need to apologize to people. Can I get an amen? How I many know you need to be accountable? You need to take accountability for your actions. You need to apologize. You need to, you need to do that. But you, these horizontal relationships, there's accountability and there's I'm sorry and there's I missed it. But vertically, you're a son of God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's not going to be taken away from you. And if you understand that, that will empower you to walk in love to those that are around you. You know, and to me, man, the litmus test of spirituality is not the abundance of revelation you have or how many gifts you have. It's how do you treat the people around you? Not strangers. Not even people at church. Your family. Your dog. <laughs> Seriously. Like, th that's, your, that's how spiritual you are. Because, I mean, you know, we've had way too much people putting on a show in church and not living it at the house. And it's turned so many kids off to God. Because, because, the, the, because the church was a place of performance. We're happy, we're awesome, we're amazing. But at, but at the home, we're at each other's throats and we're all this type of stuff, right? It, it's not, the, God, the kingdom's not a show. How I many you know Sunday morning is not a parade? Well, you know what I'm saying? Like the kingdom is with us all the time. The kingdom's always operating. The kingdom's always active. And we need that kingdom and display in our everyday life because that's, that's where, it, to me, that's where it really counts. That's the litmus test, right? Yeah. And so if you're missing it, the reason you're missing it is A, you're, you're probably dealing with condemnation and you don't, you don't realize it. Honestly, anytime I've had a time where I'm cranky and where I'm not kind to my children or to my wife or you know, I've got something going on. Usually, it's because the enemy's managed to get some form of condemnation somewhere in my head, and, it, and it, it's robbing me of the peace of the kingdom. 
And so what I got to do, I got to turn, I got to get over here. See, you don't arrive in this thing. It's like, just because, you know, I've written books about no condemnation. I've been preaching this forever. Like, I was preaching this even before I got a hold of grace. I was preaching righteousness by faith. I've been preaching this forever. I haven't arrived. I still deal with condemnation. <laughs> I'm just being honest with you. No one arrives in this. You don't click and you never have the accuser attack you again. So when it happens, don't, because this is what the enemy tried to do. See, you should know better than this. You've been hearing this forever. You still ain't got it. What's wrong? He'll try to, he'll try to condemn you for being condemned. What a punk, man. What a punk. No, he's never going to stop condemning you. Ever, until we get to heaven. It just, so, so, so be okay with it. Put your shoulders back and just get ready to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, get ready to, it's the fight of faith. This is the fight of faith. This is the fight. Am I right with God or not? Am I the righteousness of God or not? Does God really love me or not? Amen. But when that veil is off, then true spiritual maturity can roll and the love of God can happen and, 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 and we can walk like Jesus in the earth. Amen. We can, we can let, the, let the fruit of the Spirit flow. Amen. And here's the thing, you're going to miss it. So don't, don't feel bad for missing it. You're going to miss it. But your God is there to protect you and to keep you. Psalm 45 and verse 6, it says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Now, a king in those days would have a scepter which would represent their authority. And that scepter would be whatever that kingdom was strong in. If they were a kingdom that was strong in diamonds, it would be a diamond scepter. If they were a kingdom that was strong in rubies, it would be a ruby, ruby scepter. If they were, they were a warring kingdom, you know, they would, but their scepter represented the authority of the king. Your kingdom, the scepter of, of your God's kingdom is a scepter of rightness, is righteousness. Amen? And so... God wants your life to be an extension of His scepter in the earth. He wants His authority extended through you. Amen? Let's turn to Luke chapter 11. And, um, and I'm just going to read it here. And you guys can turn there, but for sake of time. Luke chapter 11 and verse 20. Jesus speaking, He says, But if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own place, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all his armor in which he trusts and divides his spoil. So Jesus is saying, he's showing you the kingdom has authority. And where the kingdom is, the devil's kingdom is not. Uh, just facts. Like there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's authority with... Jesus said, if, if, if I cast out demons with the finger of God, the kingdom's come there. I mean, that's what Jesus went around doing, casting out the devil. Everywhere He went. And, and, and to this day, we, we can cast out demons today as well. We have the authority to do that. Never think a demon has more authority than you. That's a joke. They're outlaw spirits. Like they're, they're, They have no, never ever give them any credit. Don't tolerate them. Don't fool around with it. Just take authority over them. But most of the battles are not with someone who's directly possessed. Most of the battles are with darkness that's generated from believed lies. And so wherever you're at, there the kingdom is. There the authority is. There the light is. And, and it's in your mouth and it's in your heart, which is the word of faith which we preach. <clears throat> you speak it out. But also, how many know you carry an atmosphere? 
Oh, yes, you do. I had a lady come up to me in the gym the other day, and she was like, she was just kind of beating around the bush, like, what do you do, da, da, da. and I told her I was in there. She's like, I knew, she's like, I knew you were saved. I could, I could just sense the presence of God on your life. And I don't say that to lift me up in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I just say that to say that we all carry that same presence. Can I get an amen? amen. And when the veil is rent, the presence will be experienced. I mean, some people will be drawn to you. And some people will be repelled from you. And it's because of the presence of the Lord on your life. You carry something. I wish our eyes could, could be open to what it is that we carry. We shine like lights in the realm of the Spirit. You know, and when you get around, you know, and, and if someone's operating, if someone is demonically oppressed or something like that, how I many of you make those people nervous when you come around? Their people just don't, their people just don't just don't like you. And it has nothing to do with your personality. It's because the kingdom's on the inside of you. But you know, and I know we're in a time when there's a lot of persecution against the church, but who cares? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, they're not greater than us. Then what's inside of us? Then who's inside of us? Bring it on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, seriously, don't be afraid of all that stuff. Don't be, don't, don't be fearful. No, 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 no. Please don't be fearful, okay? God's kingdom flourishes when persecution comes. It's never not been that way. You know when we don't flourish? When we're not persecuted. Seriously. I mean, I, hate, I know that we all, we don't want to like to say that, but like, when, we, when we're not persecuted, we get lazy. <laughs> we get comfortable. And we, and we can, it doesn't have to be that way. But how many know David didn't get into trouble until he stopped going out to war? When he stopped going out to battles when he got in trouble. And, uh, and we're, we're in a time when, man, if you just look around, the enemy's ramping up against the church, isn't he? Who, I'm, I'm excited, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to be really fun. Because you're going to see God move. You're going to see God do His thing. We got, sometimes we gotta, we got we got to have our backs <clears throat> against the wall. I mean, we got to be facing the Red Sea and the Roman soldier or the uh, the Egyptian soldiers soldiers coming. You know, we we you know let God be God, Amen. And He's going to show up strong on behalf of His people. So don't be afraid of persecution. Don't be afraid of cancel culture. Don't be afraid that. Don't be afraid of any of that stuff. You're not alone. You're not fighting by yourself. I mean, the kingdom's within you, right? But what you can't allow it to do is, is cause you to cower in your authority. You can't allow it to cause you to... How I many know condemnation can rob you of the expression of your authority? And how I many know persecution can, can if, if not handled properly, can make you feel marginalized, can make you feel less than, can try to demean you and, and make you feel... Offended or upset. Don't get offended because the world attacks the church. That's the way it's supposed to be. Don't be offended at that. He told us he was going to be like that. They're, they, they, that they're doing their part. <laughs> but they have to be careful. If they attack too much, they'll get saved. I'm seriously, that's how it works. You got, you got someone who's persecuting you coming against you, they better watch out. If you'll play your role, your role is not to attack back. Don't attack back. Don't fight. Don't argue. Pray. Pray and love them. 
because you heap hot coals upon their head. And when it's talking about their head, it's not talking about their literal head. It means the enemy that's trying to be their head. It's true. It's true. So, like, if someone's persecuting coming against you, they better watch out. The enemy will end up sacrificing his own trying to get you into offense. You, do, you walk in love. Be kind. Be good. Pray for them. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where your authority is expressed. We're very powerful, but we're not, we're not like foot soldiers. Like, we're generals. We're kings. The foot soldiers are the angels, you know? Yeah, no disregard to them. They have their part. I mean, they have their part, but they hearken to the voice of His Word out of our mouth. Pray, man. Use your authority. Don't get offended. Don't get upset. God's going to shine, you know? The kingdom that's within us is greater. And so Jesus said, if you see the enemy cast out, the kingdom's come. Because when someone stronger comes, how many know God's stronger than any? Right? And He's inside of, of you, Right? Turn to Matthew chapter 6, please. And I just want to encourage you because your, the kingdom's in righteousness, peace, and joy. Make sure that veil stays rent, but use your authority. <clears throat> Speak. Speak to the mountain. Speak to the problem. Speak. Use your authority, please. Yeah. Can I throw you a mic? The, the, the thought that's coming to me is, see, when we're good to those that are good to us, that, that's what's supernatural about that. Right, right. So when the enemy attacks us and we express love to them in the face of them being mean to us, that's when we just stepped into the character of God. Come on, it's good. It's good, man. Right, so the enemy actually just gave us a chance hmm. to express the nature of God. So good. And that's where light shines. Come on, come on. It's right? Good. So they actually just, it's like they just, I don't know how to express it, but they just gave you the opportunity yeah. to be light. And this is a battle of light and darkness. Come on, that's right. That's so right. it's, that's, that's the one piece I wanted no, to no, share. No, 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 it's so good. It's so good. Because um, it, 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 the door gets open for the light to shine. As a result of the attack, I, I like I've shared in times past. I had a manager over me who used to come against me and, and just take credit for the work that I did, and he was just awful to me. And and um, I just loved him and loved him and loved him. Sometimes I got mad at him, but I kept you know I wasn't perfect in it, but I kept shining the light. And I had the I had the I had the joy of leading him to the Lord eventually, you know, like a, a couple years later. And so what Michael's saying is every time that the enemy comes against you or attacks you. It's opportunity to shine and to change, to express the kingdom. But if we go into we go into squabble mode, and fight mode, and war mode, we we go down to the enemy's level. We don't actually shine light. You are not your own vindicator. You do not vindicate yourself. I'm telling you right now. Don't, you can, but it won't be nearly as good. In fact, it'll be bad. No, just do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? Just walk in love. God will vindicate you. Amen. It's good. It's good. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Matthew chapter 6, and, and in verse 9, Jesus is teaching His disciples how to pray. He says, In this manner therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come, Your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And so, this is an example of the kingdom invading earth. The kingdom's established in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There's no poverty. There's no lack. 
There's no sin in heaven, right? The king, he said, in this manner pray. So you're using that authority. You're using that scepter of righteousness. You're using the words that God gave you. Your kingdom come, the kingdom come, and your will be done on earth. So every time you're praying, every time you're speaking, every time you're expressing the kingdom, you're allowing, you're enforcing the will of God in the earth. Are y'all tracking me here? You're enforcing the will of God in the earth. How I many know not everything that happens on, on this planet is the will of God? There are bad things that happen all the time that's not God's will. But our, now ultimately, God's will is going to be done in a macro sense. But in a micro sense, every single thing that happens is not God's will. But our part, as people that are a part of the kingdom, as they're ambassadors of the kingdom, our part's to pray, man. Our part's to speak. Our part's to take a stand for truth out of that place of authority. Now, um, and if you guys will turn to James chapter 5 quickly, we'll close right here. And, and verse 16, James 5 verse 16, it says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. See, when you know that you're righteous, your prayer has power. When you're veiled in condemnation, your, 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 your prayer doesn't carry the same power because you don't know that you have a right. Just like the teacher, Mr. Cash, and the other teacher. I don't, even remember, I don't remember the other teacher's names, but I remember his name. They had the same authority, but he knew his authority. And when he spoke, we respected him. I didn't respect anybody, but I respected him. I didn't respect nobody. And he wasn't some large, he was just this little, little old man. But he knew who he was, and his words carried authority, and I respected him the whole time that I, and I was a senior in his class, and I never disrespected that man. Now, and I, I say all that to say, when you know how right with God you are, how many of the pastors not more right with God than you? Can I get amen? We've got to tear that thing down in the body of Christ, man. I, I, I hate that thing so bad. I can remember I was doing some, I was doing some ministry I was at, at the school one time, and it was where we all gather around the flagpole type ministry, and they'd ask me to lead it. And we were out there. And so I, I asked someone else to pray while we were out there. And they were stunned that I would ask them to pray. And just astonished and shaken to their core that I, would, that I wasn't going to do all the praying. And I thought, and, to my, and it was so sad to me because this is a person that's been in church their whole life, but they don't think they have a right to pray. They, don't th they think that somehow the man of God has got all the right to pray and they have no right to pray. Like it's just, and this is a wonderful person. I mean, it's a wonderful person, but it's just sad to me that they've been in church so long and didn't realize they had the same right that I did. And, um, and, and, and we can't, because none of us are standing in our own merit. We're not even standing in our own gifting. We're standing as children of God. The fact that you're a child of God is more powerful than any gift that you have. It's more powerful than the call to preach. It's more powerful than the call to heal. It's more powerful than the nine gifts of the Spirit. It's more powerful than anything. That's why Jesus said, <clears throat> John, that, that he that's least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. I mean, you know, John the Baptist was a great man. I mean, this brother was holy. I mean, this brother was like, you know, he did nothing. He was a, he was a Nazarite. Ate locusts and honey, wore, you know, you know, uh, he, he was just a super set apart person. And Jesus said, Look, the least in the kingdom 
The thief on the cross who just got saved outranked John the Baptist. Because the righteousness of God is different than the righteousness of man. If you were to look at John the Baptist's resume, you'd be like, this guy's awesome. But he wasn't born again. I mean, I'm, eventually, I'm believing, I'm, obviously he received, but like the fact that you're a child of God, I mean, that's where all the power's at. That's where all the authority's at. Not your charisma, not your giftings, none of these things. If, I mean, if we could all just wake up to this and realize this, we'd have tremendous impact in the earth. But so much of the time, people think, well, I'm not right with God this week because I got mad in traffic. You know what I'm saying? I'm not right with God. And you wouldn't say it out of your mouth, but in the back of your mind. It's like, ah, here comes that veil. And there the kingdom just like, oh, the, the creator of the universe who spoke the stars into existence is just like, reverberating on the inside of you. You know, just, just imagine. It's so funny because I think the world presents fiction as truth better than the church presents truth sometimes. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? Well, like, how many of you know, you know the Marvel Universe and all the superhero movies and stuff like that? They get all these special effects and all that that try to... And how many of all that's just, I mean, you know, it's all a bunch of lies. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't really exist. And yet we actually have a superhero that's living on the inside of us. You know what I'm saying? And we're called to, to walk as he walked and to live as he lived and all of these things. But like there's power just reverberating on the inside of you. And man, when you allow some simple stupid thing that you did to stop that power, it's, it is an, it's, it's, it's sad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't say that to condemn us. I say that to lift up your head. Put your shoulders back. Quit letting the devil tell you that you're not enough. Condemn the tongues of judgment that try to rise up against you. And don't do it on the platform of your behavior. If you try to take a stand based on your behavior, it may work for a season, but your behavior... Enemy loves it when you take a stand on your behavior. He loves it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on His love. That's right. Because anything that's born of us is temporal. Like you might have a great week where you were Captain Holy Holy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you may have that week where you're like, oh yeah, watch out. I tell you what, you got to watch out more for those weeks than the weeks when you make mistakes. Because when you are Captain Holy Holy, then next thing you know, you're here's grace and you're going to step right out of it. We're going to go right over here and we're going to be self-righteous and we are awesome. And like, you're going to get slapped. Thank you, Dan. Don't get slapped. Enemy loves to pull you out of the throne of grace. <laughs> he loves to get you, because you may get out of there and you may do all right for a season, but how many you know you're about to sink? Because you've left grace and now you're trying to do it in your own willpower and it's just a matter of time. So don't, don't never take a stand based upon your, on you. Always take a stand based upon Jesus. All the promises are yes and amen in Him. I mean, there's so many different church services that taught us how to trust in ourselves. I'm, I'm worthy because I gave this much. I'm worthy because I went to church this much. I'm worthy because I went to this many Bible classes. I'm worthy because I read the Scripture this much. Folks, if, you are, if you're the one who makes you worthy, you're in trouble. You can't do that. You've got to let Jesus make you worthy. And Jesus maintain your worth. I mean, you know, all the promises in Him are yes and amen. amen. Yes. In Him. 
And that's where a lot of the faith teaching has really gotten off because they taught us how to trust in us how to, and, and our giving and, and our fasting and I, 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 I. The more I look at me, the less I look at Him and the more it's all about me. And then when I do something, I take credit for it. Oh, look what I did. I got to tell everybody what I did because I'm so awesome. And, 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 and Jesus isn't glorified. Jesus is in the back corner somewhere. No, let, let Jesus be in the front, man. Let Him be center stage and all the promises are yes and amen because of Him. Can I get an amen? It's a safe place. It's a place where authority's at. It's a good place. You can't get a big head there. You can't be prideful there. You can't take credit for anything. But it's a good life. It's the narrow path, though. I'm convinced this is, you know, broad is the way of destruction, narrow is the path of life. I believe the narrow path is that place of just staying in God's grace. And, you know, grace isn't anti-faith and faith isn't anti-grace. That's so stupid. They they work together. Grace did everything and gave it to you for free. Faith says, thank you. That's it. That's as complicated as it is. It's not... Grace people and faith people, that's not in Scripture, okay? There, 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 there are no such thing as grace people. There's no such thing as faith people. There are believers. There are children of God, amen? And, and they're not at war with each other, you know? The, the, God did it all through Jesus, and we just say thank you and we receive it. But this, this gift of righteousness, it will produce in you an authority and a power and a strength, Amen? As you get established in it, how many know God will give you confidence that no one can take from you? I love it. It comes out of peace. It comes out of a place of peace. I love to practice it. You know, I, for example, I go to all kinds of high school basketball games right now because my, my son plays high school basketball. And you know, a great time to become self-conscious is when you're walking in front of a crowd of people. You get up and use the bathroom. And you're walking. And there's all these people that are looking at you, Right? Now, as I walk, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure the kingdom is proper right here. How do you do that, Jeremiah? I'm not thinking about how I walk. I'm not thinking about how I look. I'm not, I'm not thinking about myself at all. I'm trying to make sure I maintain peace. What are you talking about, Jeremiah? I'm trying. I hope I can convey this. If I have peace, righteousness, peace, and joy. If I have peace, I'm confident. I mean, my body language is different. When you have peace. When you just have peace. Because yeah. you know, a lot of times what can happen is you can get in situations where you get intimidated and you start acting in a way that's not like who you are. Right. And then you try to overcompensate by being too confident, which isn't real confidence. Or you try to shrink back because you're so self-conscious. Neither of those are the kingdom. The kingdom is, is, is just is peace. If you can maintain peace, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. How many know that confidence is going to flow out of you? And that confidence is actually going to draw people to the Lord. It's not going to be little people. How many know godly confidence lifts people up? Worldly confidence pushes people down. Because it says, I'm awesome and you're not. That's fleshly, that's carnal, that's not the kingdom. Godly confidence comes out of that place of of peace. And so man, in in your week, as you move through your week next week, you're the righteousness of God. The kingdom's in you. Pray as a righteous person. Can I get an amen? Pray as a righteous person. And don't pray according to your behavior. Don't pray according to your giftings. Pray according to your Christ. Pray according to your, to your Christ. Be confident in who God has made you to be. Amen? Let your words, 
The words that you speak, let them come out of the place of the kingdom. Amen? And Because God's really, He's calling us to rise up in the kingdom and to, because uh, the kingdom has a plan on taking over. How I many you know we want to cast out darkness? There's a lot of darkness right now, man. Oh, you know, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta take authority over. We gotta cast it out, amen. And we do that with the words we speak. We also do it with our, with our presence, man. How I many know when you know that you're right with God and you're, and you're, how I many know you, your, your atmosphere is different. You know what I'm saying? Like the, pre, the way you carry yourself is different when you know that you're right with God. And that's why, and I say this all the time. But that's why baby Christians are so awesome. With the term baby Christian, there's no such thing as baby Christian. But when people first get saved, they know they're right with God. And so, man, they, they're just so beautiful, aren't they? They're just awesome. You just love being around them, you know, because they actually believe the gospel for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they get taught right out of it a lot of times, or they get condemned out of it. But for a moment, we get that glimpse of heaven. That's available for all of us all the time. That veilless place of, man, I'm right with God. Amen? All right, cool. Yeah, please. Let me give let me give you a mic. And Casey too. Yeah. Talking about Mr. Cash. Yes, amen. Right. So God is love. Love carries authority. Amen. It says you love yourself like your father loves you, and the kingdom will come in all the earth. Amen. It's good. And we see ourselves like God sees us. Yeah. And we're not trying to get to heaven. Yeah. Heaven's trying to get out of us. Come on, it's good, man. And it struck me because I had Adrian Cash. Amen. And the reason we respected his authority is because Adrian loved us. Hmm. Well said. That's the truth. That's and the truth. We saw a father figure. Yep. In Adrian. Yep. Because he carried the father's love. Yep. And we didn't know what it was, but we were drawn to it. Well said. And we respected hmm. that authority out of his love. Come on, man. It's that's just, the truth. You know, that's, our, that's a good picture of our Father. Yes. So I, I just wanted to say that. Thank you for saying that. That's so good. It's true. That's, that's the real reason. Like, He really cared about you. And like, nobody cared about me at that time because I was not the type of person you cared about. But He did. And, uh, and, and I respected Him for it. That's so good, man. Thank you for sharing that. I love the fact that you can share the other side of the coin on that. Because I've given that example for years, you know, uh, I have. I even think I wrote about it in a book. And um, I had the same experience in that class. Amen. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank God for that, man. Please, Casey, share. I feel like I'm gonna explode. <laughs> okay, so the thing I love about science is I, I believe that it kind of proves God in a lot of ways. Sure. So to go towards back to um, what you're talking about about speaking things out and whatever. Yeah. So if you strike a gong, a giant gong, mm -hmm. the first time you strike it, the sound, the vibration that puts out is really, really loud. But as the vibrations settle and the gong settles, they, they stop. Mm -hmm. If you don't continually keep hitting that gong, mm -hmm. that, that vibration and that sound goes away. So the more you hit it, the louder it gets, the more vibration it puts out. Mm -hmm. So like with, um, with us, if you notice, like certain people will put off kind of this vibe that you get it's they're putting off a vibration and so the more that you speak um even what you're taking in and believing changes the vibration of the entire core of your body like down to dna level and everything yeah. and so um 
the more that you feed into that vibration, the more you put out. And I don't know if you've ever seen a music pendulum that swings side to side. Mm -hmm. If you take 20 or 30 of them and you start one, and you allow that pendulum to swing for a few moments, mm -hmm. it starts the vibration. It sets the tone for that space. Mm -hmm. And if you randomly start all the other pendulums, eventually they will all synchronize to that first pendulum because wow. the pendulum that's putting off the most vibra vibration mm -hmm. in that space, everything is attracted to it and they all start to sway side to side as, as the same. Awesome. And so um, it's kind of like, uh, when we worship and stuff, like we'll come in and we'll worship first. We're setting the vibrations for the building for that positive, I guess, thought process or whatever to to take over any sort of negative vibrations in the building. Good. And so um, I just kind of wanted to share that. Like I, I've studied the vibration. I mean, even the... The fact that God said his word is alive and active, written word, because pen touches paper, mm -hmm. creates vibration. Mm -hmm. And that very vibration, once it's created, is there and it stays there. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's how God can say that, you know, my word is alive and active, because once you've put it on paper, it's put out a vibration. That vibration goes out for eternity. Amen. You can't erase that. So that's good. That's good. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I think that. I do think that science proves God. A little bit of science will make you an atheist, but a whole lot of it, and, and pe people that, um, it points to a creator. You know, it does. And, and, but, and I think that sometimes when people use language like vibration or things like that, people can kind of like fall out as a result of that. But like, it, those are just words. You know, we, we take it over into a scriptural standpoint you know, God said that, you know, when he speaks, there's light, right? And uh, when, when we, when we, you know, like when you were sharing that, when you out of your mouth will start saying what God said about you, it just bangs your own gong, man. And I mean, it does. And like, it just, the way you see is so different when you know that you're right with God. Yeah, but, and you've got to say it. Like, I'm just telling you right now, you get good at declaring who you are in Christ, it's one of the most important things that you can do. Thank God for all the other things that we do, but declare your righteousness, man, and um, it'll 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 change you. It'll change you dramatically. And and another thing that and I'll I'll you know and as we get a hold of this, like it it changes. Like as we all get a hold of it together, that we're right with God. It, it creates an atmosphere of heaven on earth. It creates an atmosphere of days of heaven on earth where God can God doesn't. God's done plenty of operation in condemnation. He'll still get things done, but at the end of the day, He would like a move of God to honor the work of His Son. Y'all tracking me? And so like, amen. As we awake to this, it has, <laughs> this is the true woke <laughs> right here. Awaking to righteousness, amen. Awaken to who you are in Christ. This is what causes sin to stop having control over somebody's life. And this is what causes the light to shine. It's good. It's a good analogy. Thank you for sharing that, Casey. Amen. Anybody else got anything? Closing? Nope. Okay. All right. Praise God. Well, uh, if anybody needs to give an envelope this morning, we'll get one to you. Those of you online, if you want to give into our ministry, it's uh, gracepointgeorgetown.com. You guys can go on there and, and give online.